Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. I said, he told me, just like I told your mother. See, I didn't know about the other now, Aunt Mary's house and all that, see. And, and he didn't tell me that. He just said, I told your mother before you were born that you would be born. I told her to call you. But that's unimportant, he said. So she said, uh, so when I said, he said, Jesus said to me, as I said to your mother before you were born, and she jumped out of a chair like somebody stuck a pin in her. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Today we continue this series, My Life and Ministry by Kenneth E. Hagan. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Also, later in today's program, I'll give you the details on this month's special offer, which includes the message you will hear today. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagan's classic message. And so he said, my angels have watched over and cared for you into this present hour. Now, you'd have to know something about my background to understand what he's saying when he said, I called you before you were born. When he said, I separated you from your mother's womb. When he said, Satan tried to destroy your life before you were born. And many times since then. But my angels have watched over and cared for you into this present hour. You'd have to understand some things to appreciate that. But my angels have watched over you and cared for you to this present hour. Praise God. Hallelujah to Jesus. My angels have watched over Now, here's something that's very interesting. You see, after that vision on Saturday night, and then we close the meeting Sunday night, and then on Monday, Mama come to visit us, you see. Well, actually, she came Sunday afternoon. And on Monday morning, after we'd eaten breakfast, and, you know, and kids are out playing, Ken, Pat, or just, you know, children, and, my wife's making up bed and so on, and Mama and I are sitting here at the breakfast table talking, you see. Now, Mama and Granny had told me a few little things, see, but Mama had never told me about this experience at Aunt Mary's house. See, Granny, her Mama told her, don't ever tell that lady. People think you know you're fanatical or something. And so I said, Mama, I had a vision last night, or night before last Saturday night, you see. This is Monday morning. I had a vision Saturday night. Over there in the meeting in Rockwall, Jesus appeared to me. And I, 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 I spent the time, not talking about the rest of it, but I said, he said to me, see, I skipped over what I said to you. I said, he said to me, I called you before you were born. I separated you from your mother's womb. Satan tried to destroy your life before you were born many times since then. I said, he told me, just like I told your mother. See, I didn't know about the other now, Aunt Mary's house and all that, see. And, and he didn't tell me that. He just said, I told your mother before you were born that you would be born. I told her to call you. But that's unimportant, he said. So she said, uh, so when I said, he said, Jesus said to me, as I said to your mother before you were born, and she jumped out of a chair like somebody stuck a pin in her. She said, son, son, what did, did, did he tell you what he said to call you, to name you? I said, uh, I didn't answer. I said, why? You tell me. So for the first time then, she told me that experience. She said, I've never told it all these years. I told Mama. Mama said, Lily, don't tell it. People think that, you know, we're fanatical or something, you know. She told me about the wind blowing. She told me about the white cloud. And she said, it scared me so. She said, oh, I remember him saying, then I started running. And I ran to Mama's house. I said, he said, fear not, the child will be born the child will be born. 
Now, this is part of it that I never tell. I'll tell you why I'm telling it now, because it's time to tell it. Now, I'm not going to tell all of it, but I'm going to tell enough of it. Are oh, you listening to me now? She said, I, I, I didn't get it all because I was so scared. And I started running, run off and left the cloud and left him. <laughs> but he said, that's unimportant. Whether or not you call him by that name, which you didn't, is unimportant. For the important thing is to ministry in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Are you listening to me? Praise God forevermore. Amen. And I can see something in the pattern of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, like I said, I can't share everything with you. I'm not going to. It's not time, but I wanted to share a little bit there with you. Because we are living in the last days. Scripture's being fulfilled. Jesus is coming again. And what we do for God must be done quickly. And we're going to do it. Hallelujah. I said we're going to do it. We're going to do it. Praise God forevermore. I was talking to Brother Summerall on the telephone. He said, I, I said to folks, I've said to them all over everywhere, all over the world, within five years' time, those students coming out of Rainbow are going all over the world. They're going to carry that same spirit that's down there. That same faith that's down there. They're going to carry it all over the world. And they're doing it. And they're going to do it. And within five years' time, he said, they're going to change the course of the world. The whole world is going to feel the influence of it. Well, to make a long story short, that's, that's some of what the Lord said in the message. You, you wonder how it's come to pass. See, it didn't come to pass through me as an individual other than preparing others. Are you listening? Amen. And so, uh, Jesus talked about the first phase of my ministry. And here's something very strange. He said to me, when you left your last church, you see, and I pastored nearly 12 years, and then had had a couple of years on the field and field ministry holding church meetings, you know, going from church to church. So I had been preaching, you see, for 14 years or 15 years. And uh, or actually 16 years, those first two years wasn't full-time ministry. So I'd been 14 years in full-time ministry. And the other two years, you know, well, you, when you just start out, you just preach wherever you can, wherever the door opens, you know. And sometimes teach Sunday school class, but always busy for the Lord. And, uh, and so he said, uh, now you think about that. I'd been in ministry. This is 1950, and I'd been in the ministry ever since 1934. Think about that. And he said, uh, when you left your last church, at that time you entered into the first phase of the ministry that I had for you. Now you think about that. Been in the ministry 16 years, and never even got in the first phase of the ministry that he had for me. Now, some people sit and listen and never, never understand the seriousness of some things. They need to take some things to heart. And I argued with the Lord about that. You know, I, somebody heard me say that one time, and they said, the very idea of you arguing with the Lord, or even saying you did. Well, I said, Ananias argued with the Lord. You look in the ninth chapter of Acts. This, here, here, he wasn't even a preacher. You know, he was just a layman. said there was a certain disciple in the city, you know, called... Uh, named Ananias. And to him, though, said the Lord in a vision, rise and go into such such straight, a street called straight, and inquire in such such a house for Saul of Tarsus, for whole he prayed, seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on him, might receive his sight. And Ananias said, Lord, I, I heard about that fella. What havoc he's wrought in the church in Jerusalem. 
and how that he's uh, consented unto the death. You see, he'd consented unto the death of Stephen. And, and how that he has letters in his possession giving him the authority to put in jail, in chains, and in bonds them that are in that way. Or is he trying to tell the Lord, Lord, you must be missing it. I mean, go lay hands on that fellow. Go, go lay hands on that guy. But if the Lord said, go lay hands on him, go lay hands on him. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that right? Just go lay hands on him. And so... Uh, I argued with the Lord about that. I said, Lord, you mean, you mean I've been in the ministry all these years? And until I left my last church last year, you see, which was 15 years in a minute, uh, you, you mean at that time just entered into the first phase of my ministry? Yeah, he said, that's right. When you left your last church, at that time, you entered into the first phase of your ministry. What he meant was the ministry he had for me, see? And then I'd been preaching all those years, never entered into it. You very seldom start out in the ministry God has for you. You've got to prove faithful. Are you listening to me? And be faithful to God and, and go through some preparation. Then you can move into what he has for you. But the Lord said to me, some ministers live and die and never even enter into the first phase of the ministry that I have for them. You know, you think about that. And I thought about myself, wouldn't that have been terrible to have... I could have. I could have just stayed put where I was and not listened. I could have not taken that extra time to shut myself in with God and do some extra praying and waiting upon God. You see somebody said, well, now why don't God tell you? Well, you see, you're going to have to take time to contact God. It's not a matter that, that you're waiting on him. He's waiting on you. Because I remember when I shut myself in my church and began to wait on God, he began to talk about me to me about other ministry, you know. And, and I remember I said to the Lord one day as I was kneeling there by the altar in my church, nobody out there but me, you know, been praying for hours, you know. And I said, Lord, I've been waiting on you for 10 years. He said, yeah, I've done any such of a thing. He said, he said I've been waiting on you for 10 years. See, I thought I'd been waiting on God. See, dear Lord, how stupid can you get? Yeah. Been waiting on God. I said, Lord, I've been waiting on you 10 years. He said, yeah, I've done any such a thing. I've been waiting on you 10 years. Been waiting on me. Yeah, I've been waiting on you 10 years to make the commitment, to make the consecration, to obey me and do my will. See, some of us about half, we think we're 100% consecrated, we're only about half consecrated. You know, I'll go anywhere you want me to go, Lord, as long as it's not over there. <laughs> I'll do anything you want me to do, Lord, as long as it's not teach a Sunday school class. You know, got reservations sort of back here somewhere. Might as well say amen. amen. You know, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. I was that way. And I think you're about as human as I. Maybe more so. I don't know. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Praise God. Well, I see I got on some toes. <laughs> you know, you can tell them you step on something. <laughs> I mean, if you can tell them you step on something, you can always tell, can't you? You can tell it in the spirit realm, too. No, that's the thing. A lot of our misconception, a lot of our own human reason, our own thinking, our mind has held us back from the blessings that God intended really that we should have, the fullness of what he had for us. And so he said to me, some ministers live and die and never even get into the first phase of the ministry I have for them. Now listen to this real carefully and it'll answer some questions for you, not all of them. He said that's the reason some ministers die young. That's the reason some of me said die in middle life. Never live the full length of time out down here below. You see, they're over only in the permissive will of God. Are you listening to me? When you're only in the permissive will of God, you can't claim God's best. You want me to explain that to you? All right. 
God did not want Israel. That's his perfect will. He didn't want Israel to have a king, did he? Told him so, didn't he? I said, didn't he? Yes. They wanted one, though, didn't he? Yes. So God said, okay, go ahead. You can have one. But thing never did go right for them. Perfectly right anymore. They never were the perfect will of God anymore. They suffered as a result of it. Don't mean it's lost, but they suffered. Are you listening to me? You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, My Life and Ministry by Kenneth E. Hagan. If you've been enjoying the series we featured this week, then you'll want to get the entire six CD set for your personal collection. The CD series is just $39.95. Call now, 1-888-FAITH-99. Don't delay. Get this six CD set that includes special insight into the man and the ministry of Kenneth E. Hagan, told in his own words. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagan Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagan. I want to thank all of you that are helping us to keep this program going through your monthly support as a partner with yes. the ministry. Yes. You can go to www.rhema.org slash WPC and become a partner with us. But we want to thank all of you that are helping us. Help Rama reach out to the communities in Oklahoma that have been so devastated by the recent tornadoes. Give a financial gift online today at rhema.org slash relief or text aid to 28950 and give a gift via your smartphone. Message and data rates may apply. Again, that website is rhema.org slash relief. Thank you for helping Rama bring hope, help, and healing to the world. Tomorrow, more from Reverend Hagen on this powerful teaching. That's tomorrow on Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen.